0: is the truth
1: nothing more. my fellow freedom fighters my fellow ultra mega deplorables my fellow domestic terrorists thank you for tuning in into another episode on the rbftt rangers battlefield for the truth podcast it is episode 41 on August 29th, 2022, at 8 o'clock, 20 hundred, here in the state of Arizona. Now, do you want to stay updated with podcast updates, new episodes, and other great content? Well, then follow me on Instagram, at podcast underscore RBFTT. I don't have subscriptions in order for someone to listen to this podcast, Because it's not about me making uh, money. Doing this podcast is about myself doing the research on important real-world issues. And sharing that information. That same information, mind you, that the Democrat media and liberal world order don't want you to obtain. Sharing that information to you, the listener. So that afterwards, that same information, that truth, the facts, can be shared by you to many other people and also potential future listeners of this podcast. Now, having said that, I would be bold-faced fucking lying to you if I said making money from this podcast wouldn't be nice, right? A little bit of extra money to pay for the fucking wedding venue. Tell me that wouldn't be nice. But listen, if you want, there's a link, though, whether you're listening on Anchor or through Spotify, there's a link through each episode for donations. If you can donate $1, $5, $25, dollars million, $0.9 but whatever, you get the point. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it for your donation. If not, honest to God, No big deal. Seriously. It's not about making money. It would just be nice. If I got something extra. No big deal, though. I'm not going to coerce you into something that you don't want to do. Okay? I'm not the Biden administration. I'm not big pharmaceutical companies. You know, I'm not the vaccinated cult who enjoy coercing you into doing things you don't want to do. Now, in this episode... I will be discussing because you're wondering why, why is this episode called the cult of the vaccinated? You're asking, well, Mark, it's the middle of 20, almost the end of 2022. We're nearing the holidays almost. Are we really still having issues with, with COVID and the cult of the vaccinated? Well, I'm gonna explain to you why we still have this issue. So, that's what we'll be discussing. We'll be discussing how the COVID cult still remains strong today, and why we can never forget how the majority of the world went into full-blown Nazi mode over COVID safety. Now, this entire episode is just gonna be on COVID. This next clip or this next clip, the first clip that I'm going to, sound clip that I'm going to be providing for you is 14 to 15 minutes long. It's a clip of Aaron Rodgers basically talking about the whole situation in 2021, why he said he was immunized, uh, that whole story, right? How he's learn a valuable lesson with people who he can trust, who he can't trust um, because Joe Rogan had him on and Rogers on the Joe Rogan experience. So now if you already know the the whole situation, then feel free once the clip starts playing to fast forward about um, how long is that? How long does it say? Yeah. 14 minutes and 43 seconds. You can fast forward. Once it starts, if you already know the situation, because I know m- most of the unvaccinated, they know all about Aaron Rodgers. So, um, yeah, again, feel free to fast forward 14 minutes and 43 seconds. But if you don't know, then listen to the whole thing. It's a good listen. Um, and If you don't, if you haven't listened to the episode, it's about three hours long. Go go to his podcast and listen, listen to that, to that episode. I was listening to it at the gym. It's a great episode, one one of his best episodes, honestly. Now, before we play the clip, I'm going to kind of explain a little bit about that that situation and what he's talking about. Back in 2021, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers came out and he said, "I'm immunized." When they, first of all, the the media, the reporters. Why no one's talking about this is beyond me. What business of it? Because I know that's a lot of the uh, arguments that they, that you'll hear from the vaccinated and, and the Democrats are. Oh well, he, Aaron Rodgers lied about his vaccination status. He put his fellow teammates and coaches in danger by lying. First of all, he should never even have, have had to answer that question. I would have just been like, next question. That's personal information. Next question. Because if you want to know whether or not I'm vaccinated or not, that's personal medical history right there. That's person, like I'm not gonna tell you whether or not. I mean, now I will, because I see it as, as a really, really good thing that I'm unvaccinated. Um, and I like to throw it in people's fucking faces, especially the ones who are vaccinated. Now, but back then, you know, even still today, you know, you really don't have any business of asking somebody if they're vaccinated. So that's one. Two. He never lied. He said, I'm immunized. Now, if you understand the definition of immunization, it's the action of making a person or animal immune to infection, typically by inoculation. But being immune, so he is immunized. Whether by inoculation, natural immunity, or as what he was saying in the podcast, he was able to take an, some type of oral, like, remedy, I don't know about remedy, but, like, basically he had, like, it, it was kind of like a vaccine, how, is the, how the vaccine's supposed to work, not like COVID, Um but they give you, like, like okay, like the flu, they give you a strain of the flu, a small strain of the flu, your body learns how to fight it, boom, you're good to go. That's what Aaron Rodgers did. He took it, like, orally or something like that. Um, but that's pretty much how he did it. And then, you know, he felt like, okay, cool, I'm good to go. Because he couldn't take him, in his personal situation, could not take that vaccine because he was allergic. And he even says on the CDC website that if you're allergic to any of these, and they gave kind of a list, a vague list of the ingredients, um, Aaron Rodgers is like, yeah, I'm allergic to that. So I can't take that. So, but, you know, no one gives a fuck about that because it was just all about being a fucking Nazi and pushing the fucking vaccine on people. So not only did Rodgers not lie, But the media and the sporting world and Democrats were caught, once again, twisting words to fit their narrative. So, it is now 2022 where we have more information on the vaccines. More information on whether or not uh, masking worked. More information on how COVID affects people. On how you can beat COVID even naturally. Has the media or the vaccine cult learned any lessons since then? Well, if you just type in immunized or Aaron Rodgers into Google, um, you'll look at the recent headlines, and um, yeah, the answer is no. No lesson has been learned. I'll read you some of the headlines, and you tell me if a lesson has been learned at all or if the vaccine cult is doubling down on their Nazism. This is from CNN. Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers admits to misleading media about COVID-19 vaccination status last season. Yahoo Sports. Aaron Rodgers delves into last year's vaccination controversy, admits duping media with, quote, immunized. CBS. CBS. Packer's Aaron Rodgers admits he misled public media by saying he was immunized against COVID nineteen. From People magazine. Aaron Rodgers admits he misled media with immunized remark, addresses fallout. Sports Illustrated. Aaron Rodgers says he misled media with immunized remarks. And on and on and on. I, mean, I could have copied and pasted fifty. Easy. It's just, they know, whether it's just your regular vaccinated person, whether it's a nurse, doctor, the fucking media, politician, it doesn't matter. They know that this fucking vaccine doesn't work. They know that the masking doesn't work. They know that the lockdowns never worked. But see, they're part of the vac of not just the vaccine called the COVID cult, and so no matter what, they have to keep it going. They have to keep it going because they can never go against the COVID cult that they've sold their fucking souls to. So, for the next fourteen minutes, uh, fourteen minutes forty five seconds, you'll hear the clip of Aaron Rodgers talking about that situation. It's a good listen, but again, if you already know the situation, feel free to fast forward the next, like, 15 minutes. (laughs) The Joe Rogan
2: experience.
3: Yeah, it's been an interesting uh, year or so, but man, it's
2: been... been a good year what was the the craziness like like when all the people are calling you a plague rat and (laughs) i mean it's it's you and the how do you say the guy's name the tennis player Uh, novak djokovic yeah djokovic i mean we talk about the healthiest human beings on earth professional in the the u.s open now yeah i know because of this which is bananas the guy's already had covid recovered from it i think he had it twice yeah and he's one of the best athletes in the world. I mean, the guy's body's in tip-top condition. Players are oh, incredible fitness, incredible. Yeah, yeah. And no, you can't come. You didn't follow the rules. Like it, it's it defies science, defies logic. It doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense, especially at this stage of the the pandemic. Air quotes. I mean, what the fuck, man? What was yeah, it like for you? It was it was really difficult. For sure,
3: and a lot of different reasons. I think I knew that this was coming down. That at some point, I was going to talk about my status because I'd chosen to not get vaxxed for reasons that you talked about uh, on your show, and I talked about on.
2: We should on... just say it because uh, it's kind of important. You, you're allergic to a medication or or a, a part of the vaccine, right? What is it called? PEG, polyethylene glycol,
3: and uh, so I did my research. Uh, Now, I think, typically speaking, because I'm healthy and I take care of myself, um, getting vaccinated was not on the top of my list, but. You know, I wanted to look into it because everybody was doing it and talking about it and and trying to be safe. And I wanted to make sure I was you know doing my part if that's what was necessary to keep myself safe and my loved ones safe and my teammates safe. Then I, I looked into it. And at the time, I went on the CDC website and they specifically said, you know, if if you're allergic to PEG, we do we do not recommend you get vaccinated with the mRNA vaccinations. So the only other one available was Johnson and Johnson, and it had just got pulled at the time for blood clots so i looked into other options which included uh an immunization process through a holistic doctor and i researched and talked to probably a dozen different mds and found a protocol that i felt like was was the best available and what is it what what's involved in that protocol it involved um basically uh a couple month process of taking a diluted, um, strand of the virus. So I was doing basically what the vaccine is supposed to do without- How do they do that? I don't know the, the, the exact way that they did that, but, um, but it was- Was by injection? No, no, it was, it was, um, it was oral and- How are they even getting a diluted strand of the virus? I don't, I don't know that exactly, or want to get into that exactly. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> but, um, but there was uh, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of people that I knew in this circle that, that were using, that had been doing this to protect ourselves because we were thinking, hey, look, uh, you know, for me, I didn't want to risk anaphylactic shock uh, or any type of clotting with you know associated with the vaccine. So, um, so my, that was my only option either do nothing or do this process. And I felt like that this was the best way to protect myself and my teammates and that the NFL would understand, you know, and maybe grant me a waiver because one of the most difficult parts about the whole process was that there was clearly two classes of player at the facility. There was the vaxxed and the unvaxxed and the vaxxed had full privileges. Uh, They tested once every two weeks. They had full privileges on the road they could go out to dinner on the road they could go to a concert in town they could go to a comedy show that was it was in town they could be at any place they wanted to right and live life normally non-vaxxed fully masked zero privileges on the road could not go into establishments more than 15 people you cannot be around more than uh three uh the three individuals from the team outside the facility all these different, what I think now we all realize were crazy uh, policies. And that's what actually got me in, into, into trouble was that I attended a Halloween party in a 10,000 square foot warehouse with 18 other individuals, all fully vaccinated and myself not vaxxed and was eventually fined for that, End up getting COVID from uh, a vaccinated teammate of mine who contracted COVID and spread it. And that's where it gets a little bit crazy. And I, I told this story. I think on the McAfee show, but I said, when I came to camp, they knew I was not vaccinated, right? So you had to you had to submit a vaccination card that went to the system with the NFL. And obviously I didn't have one, so I was given we were given wristbands too. So everybody in the facility knew who was vaxxed and who wasn't vaxxed. Vaxxed was green. Non-vaxxed was yellow. Oof. So already this weird, yeah. you know, like wearing your colors out there. And I think, you know, to, to do an aside here, there was a lot of shaming involved in it. There was a lot of public shaming that was attempted to coerce people to get vaccinated. Because not only are you wearing a yellow wristband, you're the only ones wearing masks. And you 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 have to work out by yourself, can't work out with your teammates. So no drills, nothing. Well, you could at practice, but weight room stuff or our weight room every day, we're working out on the side. Just the seven
2: of us, not vaccinated. Is it because practice is outside and the weight room is inside? Is it supposedly? Was that- yeah. But so they knew my vaccination status from the start,
3: um, as did all my teammates. Cause there was a lot of talk about I endangered my teammates and you know I lied to my teammates and my team from day 1 that I returned which was July 25th probably of 2021 they knew where I was at everybody did also on the side I had an appeal going with the NFL because I said look here's my uh, health issues here's the protocol I went through here's the research behind it gave them 500 pages of research from a number of people that put together uh, case reviewed studies around homeopathy and uh and immunizations and the safety in them and the, also the efficacy of them. And then I had a conversation with the league, and the league said in this conversation, this one I knew that my appeal was definitely not going to happen, was they said it's not possible for a vaccinated player, a person, sorry, to contract or transmit COVID if they've been vaccinated. And I said You got to be kidding me because I showed up and five people, non-players, five people fully vaxxed are out with COVID. So what are you talking about? And he said, you're a conspiracy theorist. Oh, boy. And I said, no, I just think I'm a realist. I'm just looking
2: at the facts here. What what point in the pandemic was this? This was like beginning of August 2021. So by then they had already known that breakthrough infections were real. By then it had already I mean, the the vaccines started being rolled out um was it when what was the first year? It was January of twenty twenty where they started getting them to older people, right? Oh, 20, no, no, started, that's not started. no, Right, i sorry. sorry. January of 2021, rather. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. January 2021, they started giving out to older people, wasn't that? They started
3: rolling out in March and April, because that's when I was going through the process of researching and looking into what I could do to protect myself,
2: having the the allergy of that. And by August, people were still, they were already getting it, even though they had been vaccinated. So this was not, you know. It wasn't talked about, I don't think, a whole lot. Right, but it was four months. It was definitely happening. So it was definitely happening. Yeah. Yeah. I had only known one person at that time somewhere on April that had been vaccinated and also got COVID. And I just thought it was an aberration. I
3: didn't based on what I saw in the first few weeks yeah. at the facility. And that's why I thought that there was an opportunity. Um, but it was difficult because we were separate. There was a whole other situation that was going on that, uh, you know, also is going on in in the rest of society, is that uh, my non vaxxed teammates who were on the bubble, right? So 53 guys make the active roster, 16 on the practice squad. So 69 guys on the squad, there's 90 in camp, right? So of the, I said seven, I think it was about 10 guys not vaxed. Only a few of us were guaranteed roster spots, like we are going to be on the team. And there's a lot of bubble guys. The general managers, and there was there was talk around the league of general managers were not going to keep bubble non-vax players, right? So they're already up against it. Not only did, did non-vax players have a harder chance of making the squad, but they also had an almost 0% opportunity to get a workout afterwards. So if you get cut right and the season starts every Tuesday during the football season, most teams will bring in anywhere from five to 15 guys for workouts just to see who's out there. Is there any players they can add to the roster? So if you weren't vaxxed, you had a very low percentage, not just of keeping a job, but even getting a job opportunity, like a, you know, a workout, which is wild. And so after this conversation with the league, I knew that my appeal was going away and they were doing this, I called it a witch hunt, you know, where they were asking every single player, are you vaccinated? You know, they're asking a bunch of big quarterbacks and some guys were saying, you know, it's, you know, you know, it's personal or whatever. You know, didn't want to talk about their status and it almost guaranteed you weren't vaccinated. Right. So then they were getting ripped and certain guys said, yes, I'm vaccinated. And, you know, then they tried to get them to say shit about the teammates, you know, who weren't vaccinated, like <laughs> dogged their teammates out. So I've been ready the entire time for this question and had thought about how I wanted to answer it. And I had come to conclusion, I'm going to say, I've been immunized. And if there's a follow-up, then talk about my process. But thought there's a possibility that I say I'm immunized. Maybe they understand what that means. Maybe they don't. Maybe they follow up. They didn't follow up. So then I go the season, them thinking, some of them, that I was vaccinated, right? Because they follow, the only follow-up they asked was basically asking me to rip on my teammates. Like, what do you say to your teammates who aren't vaccinated? Like, what kind of example do you feel like you're setting, you know, to your teammates who aren't vaccinated? I said, hey, it's everybody's own decision with their body, and we're super healthy individuals. We take care of ourselves. We understand what goes in our bodies, and I don't have any judgment on any decision that a guy makes with their own body, right? But I knew at some point, if I can track the COVID or if word got out because it's the NFL and there's leaks everywhere, it was possible. I'd have to answer the questions. And then sure enough, I can track COVID in, uh, oh, the beginning of November, end of October. Um, and that's when the shit storm hit because now I'm a liar. I'm in, you know, endangering, uh, you know, the community, my teammates, all these people and the, you know, the, you know, the, the, attempted takedown of me and you know my word and my integrity uh, began but um so that was that was difficult but I will say and, I, and I'm thankful to be on this show like I really appreciate you and you helping me out during that time I reached out to you uh I think beginning of the season I feel like and just said hey because you talked about in your podcast a little bit, you'd had some, uh, you know, controversial, maybe less controversial now. Um, people on there talking quite a bit about, less <laughs> controversial now, <laughs> talking about their, uh, you know, their ex people experts in the field talking about you know their own uh, ideas about COVID and and uh, and you know, you helped me with a uh, you know a, a game plan to be ready in case I did get COVID and and I followed it to a T, and when I got COVID. You know, within 36 hours, I was, you know, symptom-free and feeling amazing. But the protocols was, you're off for 10 days. So I missed a game. We lost a football game. I came back, had to answer a ton of questions about it. Obviously, had my, you know, basically, I lost, you know, the majority of allies I thought I had in the media. The good thing is, it drew a real line in the sand. And everybody who wanted to jump on me, and, and Trash Me did and show their true colors. And very few people, uh, you know, kind of in the media at least, uh, stuck by me.
1: All right, welcome back. Now, before I play these other three clips, they're of uh, Dr. Leanna Wen, the Chinese spy... Turned a tyrannical medical tyrannical doctor. Um, She was very well known through beginning of this year and all last year and even in 2020 to push lockdowns uh, to say that lockdowns and giving up your business is necessary. uh, Pushing masking on everybody, even children to saying everybody should wear an N95 for pretty much the entire day, even if they're sitting around their house with their family. And then she was the main one who was really pushing uh, not just the vaccines, but pushing the unvaccinated to be basically to be shunned entirely from society. Now, why am I bringing her up? Why is she relevant All of a sudden. Well, because there was a a clip out she was on CNN, and I'll I'll play it soon, where she says that masks, because uh, masks should be an individual choice, not mandated. Especially when it comes to children. And not just any children. Her children. Because... Her kid is having language issues at school because of the mask. Hmm. Interesting how something affects you and now all of a sudden you're against it. Interesting. Um, She wrote on Twitter, many on Twitter have asked, how did I go from being extremely cautious with COVID-19 precautions uh, for nearly two years, to now resuming pre-pandemic activities, including not masking my young kids at school, I explain in this um, what is it? Uh, New York Times? Oh no, is it Washington Post? Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, at Washington Post opinions column. Now, before I read this and give my opinion on her article, uh, I'm going to play three short clips. One is of her talking about how masks should be an individual choice and shouldn't be mandated. But then it, the next two clips dives into her back last year, talking about how the unvaxxed need to be uncomfortable and shunned from society and how the vaccine needs to be like your carrot. You know, like you want your freedom, get the vaccine. So, we'll go through those clips, and then we'll read her uh, fantastic article that she wrote on Washington Post.
4: Do you agree with the move?
5: I do. There was a and is a time and place for pandemic restrictions, but when they were put in, it was always with the understanding that they would be removed as soon as we can. And in this case, circumstances have changed. Case counts are declining. Also the science has changed. We know that vaccines protect very well against Omicron, which is the dominant variant. Everyone five and older have widespread access to vaccines. And we also know about one-way masking, the idea that even if other people are around you are not wearing masks. If you wear a high-quality mask, that also protects you, the wearer, too. And so in this case, I'm not saying, I don't think anyone really is saying that no one should ever wear masks, but rather that the responsibility should shift from a government mandate imposed from the state or the local district of the school. Rather, it should shift to an individual responsibility by the family who can still decide that their child can wear a mask if needed.
4: Um, You know, take New Jersey, the case in New Jersey, for instance, their new case average is just over 4,000. Um, is that an acceptable number to do this, or, or, or are they projecting out to March 7th at this point?
5: I don't think we should be looking at case counts at all at this point, especially when we're dealing with a milder variant and when so many people were exposed to Omicron and therefore have, have have at least some level of protection, either through vaccination or immunity. The key number that we should be looking at is hospitalizations. If our ICUs and hospitals in that particular region are not overwhelmed, if they're not overcapacitated, we can set a number, for example, 75% or 80% full, then we should be able to relax all restrictions. And I actually believe that we should be starting to, with the first restriction removed, should actually be the restriction on children. Because while for adults, you could say, well, what's the harm of adults masking when they go into a grocery store? There actually is a harm that we should be discussing of children continuing to mask. That doesn't mean that masking doesn't have its place for children when there are very high rates of hospitalization. If we get a new variant in the future that children are particularly susceptible to, we may want to bring masks back. But we should also be in a honest and say that masking has had a cost, especially for the youngest learners in uh, people with English as a second language, children with learning disabilities, there has been a cost to them. So the risk benefit calculation has really changed. we go depends on what we do now when it comes to vaccination to overcoming disinformation and what we really need to do at this point is to make vaccination the easy choice it needs to be hard for people to remain unvaccinated right now it's kind of the opposite it's fine I mean it's easy if you're unvaccinated you can do everything you want to do anyway but at some point these mandates by workplaces by schools I think it will be important to say hey you can opt out but if you want to opt out you have to sign these forms you have to get twice weekly testing basically we need to make getting vaccinated the easy choice that is what it's going to take for us to actually end the pandemic
0: all right dr lena Wen, max boot do you believe that races
3: the variables are and what the messaging should be
5: my main concern is that we're not going to reach herd immunity because of vaccine hesitancy and I know that's hard for a lot of people to believe who desperately want the vaccine right now and they're thinking oh well it's just a small percentage of people who are actually anti-vaxxers and that's true there is the anti-science anti-vaxxer contingent but I think that there are many more people millions of people who for whatever reason have concerns about the vaccine who just don't know what's in it for them and we need to make it clear to them that the vaccine is the ticket back Back to pre-pandemic life and the window to do that is really narrowing i mean you were mentioning chris about how all these states are reopening they're reopening at hundred percent and we have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status because otherwise if everything is reopened then what's the carrot going to be how are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine so that's why i think the cdc and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say if you're vaccinated you can do all these things here are all these freedoms that you have because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway and I fear a situation of coming into the fall where we never reach herd immunity and then we get hit by the next surge of, of, of COVID-19 in the fall, something that we could have prevented if we just got people vaccinated now.
1: Thank
3: you, Dr. Alina
0: Wen. Appreciate it.
1: So let's dive into her article because she provided a she was gracious enough to provide us a link to her opinion article on, on Washington Post opinion i'm a doctor here's why my kids won't wear masks this school year right it can't just be here's why my kids won't wear masks this school year it's i'm a doctor Um, I don't give a shit. That's like, I'm a doctor. Here's why you should go into the gas chamber. I'm a doctor. Here's why you should eat your own shit. Like it's the same thing for like nurses and shit. Like it's, it's, I'm a doctor. I'm a nurse. I'm a cardiologist. I'm a virus. like, it's just like, boom, that statement right there as to, and then they just say literally anything they want after that statement. And that statement has to be taken extremely seriously because I'm a doctor. Like their title can't be questioned, you know? But anyways, let's get into the fucking article. For the first year of the coronavirus pandemic, my family and I were extremely cautious. I gave birth in April 2020, shortly after COVID-19 hit. To protect the baby, my husband and I pulled out, I'm sorry, pulled our then two-year-old son out of preschool. We socialized outdoors only at a safe distance from others. I limited indoor activities to work and grocery shopping, and I was never without my N95 so by her saying, I was never without my N95 mask, she's saying, I'm better than you, you anti-masker, or you even, uh, you even cloth mask wearers. That's what she's saying. Continuing, after coronavirus vaccines became available to, adult, to adults, I wrote that vaccinated people could relax their precautions based on their level of risk tolerance. My tolerance remained low because of my unvaccinated kids. I still have voted indoor restaurants and masked at indoor gatherings unless they required both proof of vaccination and recent negative tests. Our son restarted preschool, but we made sure he always masked. Playdates were strictly outdoors only. Everything changed last winter with the arrival of Omicron. This variant is so contagious <coughs> with its Derivative <laughs> strains, <clears throat> sorry. Derivative strains, such as the BA five, <laughs> even more so than that. Preventing COVID nineteen became nearly impossible. <clears throat> sorry, I stuck down some water wrong. Sorry, continue with the article. Before Omicron, the CDC estimated that one third of Americans had been affected with the coronavirus by the end of February. After the first Omicron surge, that share climbed to nearly 60%, including three out of four children. It became clear that the goal I'd hoped for, containment of COVID-19, was not reachable. This coronavirus is here to stay. So, this coronavirus is here to stay. Weren't a lot of us saying that, especially the unvaccinated, like, were we saying that all the way back, all the way through 2021, even after the vaccines were available for adults? We're saying that COVID was never going away. It was really just the flu, and it was something, still is something that the world will have to deal with for a long time, and that we shouldn't just, you know, um, run in circles and and run our lives around strictly COVID precautions. Like I mean, sh- she's acting like she like became the first one to realize that containment of COVID nineteen was is is not reachable and is here to stay. But then again, who knows? Maybe she was. She's a doctor. With this new indefinite time frame, the benefit-risk calculus of mitigation measures shifted dramatically. I was willing to limit my children's activities for a year or two, but not for their entire childhood. Given how careful we'd been, it wasn't easy to change my mindset to accept COVID-19 as a reoccurring risk. But the high transmissibility of new variants meant that we would have to pay an increasingly high price if our goal was to keep avoiding the virus. I mean, like continuing to mask everybody and shutting down businesses and forcing vaccination, like that, that high price. Hmm. I began trying to think of the coronavirus as I do everyday risks, such as falls or car accidents or drownings. Of course, I want to shield my children from injuries, and I take precautions, such as using car seats or teaching them how to swim. By the same logic, I vaccinated them against the coronavirus, but I won't put their childhood on hold in an effort to eliminate all risk." Huh, everyday risk, huh? Shielding children from injuries, that same logic? You mean the same logic, their doctor, that the unvaccinated used not wanting to take an experimental vaccine for a virus that was extremely similar to the flu, or the same logic of why business owners did not want to shut down, or the same logic of people who didn't want to wear a face mask for four, eight, ten hours a day. It was never about logic. It was always about power and control. Continuing on with the article. It helped me too. That Omicron, sorry, it helped too that Omicron is milder than previous variants. The likelihood of severe outcomes, including the feared multi system inflammatory syndrome in children, is much lower now than it was during the Delta or Alpha surges. The odds of developing long COVID are also lower with Omicron compared to previous strains. Vaccination, while less protective against symptomatic disease due to Omicron, continues to provide excellent protection against severe illness. Now, I'll read that again. Vaccination, while less protective against symptomatic disease due to Omicron, continues to provide excellent protection against severe illness. Where are the studies that prove these vaccines protect against severe COVID illness? I keep hearing this from corrupt, ignorant doctors, corrupt, ignorant nurses, politicians, media, like you fucking name it, right? Because what, what was the storyline? It was vaccines prevent you from getting COVID. So that's why you can move, you can go to the new normal, and, and, and that's what it was. Get your vaccine, get back to normal, because you can't get COVID. And anybody who, who didn't get the vaccine um, you were the super spreader as unvaccinated people and you can infect the vaccinated, even though at the time they said, if you were vaccinated, you couldn't get COVID. So I don't know how that makes sense, but then it turned into, well, it's not hundred percent effective. You can actually still get COVID, you know, but it's hundred percent safe. And then it became, well, they're not that safe and they don't really work that well, but. Um, you know what? It prevents you from being hospitalized. Then it's, well, I mean, you can still be hospitalized, but you won't die from it. And now it's, well, you can still die even with being vaccinated, but it's rare. See how they always move the goalpost farther and farther back. Like, But when somebody says that shit. Understand that they're, I don't give a fuck if they're a doctor or not. They're ignorant. They're ignorant. Or they're just plain lying to you. Because where are the studies that prove these vaccines protect against severe COVID illness? There are none. And anytime someone brings this shit up, ask them to provide you with a study. And they will get frustrated at you. Because they won't be able to, because there is no fucking study that proves that these vaccines have saved millions of lives or protect you from dying from COVID. More than if you were naturally immunized against the disease. Continuing on with the article. Over the past several months, my family has eased back on our precautions. We see families indoors without masks or testing and have resumed traveling and attending events. Our son, who turns turns five this week, started indoor soccer and indoor play dates. Our pandemic baby, now two, went to day camp this summer. Both kids are starting school next week. Now that they are fully vaccinated, we do not plan to limit their activities. And like most parents in their school, we will not be masking them in classroom. So even though it has been proven that masks do not work against slowing or stopping the spread of COVID and that children are are at the least risk of dying from COVID, she's still pushing this vaccine propaganda on the children. Continuing on with the article, I accept the risk that my kids will probably contract COVID-19 this school year just as they could contract the flu, respiratory um, virus, uh, and other contagious diseases. As for most Americans, COVID-19 in our family will almost certainly be mild. But because it is fucking mild, it's the flu. That's why these same people said the flu took two years off. Because it literally has the same symptoms as COVID. (sighs) Continuing. And like most Americans, we've made the decision that the following precautions strict enough to prevent the highly contagious BA5 will be very challenging. Masking has harmed our son's language development and limiting both kids' um, extracurriculars and social interactions would negatively affect their childhood and hinder my and my husband's ability to work. Wow. That's the end of the article. Wow. So before it was everyone mask up, everyone lockdown. But now it's, well, my son has has his language development hindered due to masking. So no more masking for my son. Unfucking believable. This fucking Chinese bitch, dude. Like, fuck you, Lenawen. You fucking Chinese spy, fucking Nazi doctor, and you know what? Fuck your kid too. I truly hope that her fucking child has a negative impact uh, from the masking, and I, I hope her, I hope her kid's language is fucked up. I really fucking, ho- I, I hope it turns retarded, and I hope it has some kind of adverse myocarditis, uh, adverse reaction, whatever the fuck from the vaccine. Because maybe it'll teach her a lesson not to be a fucking full-blown Chinese bitch. But, you know what? Probably not. She'll uh, most likely just blame it all on Trump and and the unvaccinated. Now, before we get into this next article, is that what this is? You know what? I was going to read this article. It's basically just this opinion article that I stumbled upon where it says the world might be done with COVID, but I'm still keeping my distance. It's a long article. I was going to read it just to kind of, you know, point out the fact that this bitch is crazy, but she basically talks about how she's still masking outdoors in a heat wave and... um on and on and on and let me see if there's like, one, I know there's one paragraph that just fucking blows my mind. Yeah, here we go. My brain overflows with strategies for handling tricky public interactions. The close talker, large tourist family on the subway, children, I have my distancing tricks, such as placing my supermarket basket behind me in line to create a no-pass barrier. When possible, I climb stairs instead of riding escalators and elevators. I go to the gym at night and use whatever machines no one else wants. Traveling anywhere tests my nimbleness. I rely on public transit and carry a variety of protective gear, a face shield, and a surgical uh, N95 mask giving extras to anyone who needs them. Since July 2020, I've flown several times between New York and California, face shielded and triple masked. I fly southwest for the open seating and scan the aisles for my ideal seatmate, a solo traveler, not eating or drinking, wearing an N95 mask. Last trip, I parked myself between N95 maskers. I'm already bracing for the future waves that will test the strength of my precautions how many more masks can I wear and still breathe? I guess I'll find out until then <laughs> masked. Even in sweltering heat, I'm basking in the sun and sticking out what public spaces I can. You'll find me alone on a park bench or at a sidewalk cafe enjoying my own hot girl. summer. okay. All right. And that was just like literally two paragraphs of like a fucking article. Um, but this is an article written by, at the Washington Post opinion by Stacy Torres, who's an assistant professor of sociology at the University of California in San Francisco. This is who's teaching college. This is who you're gonna have about fifty to a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt at. You're gonna get information from this stupid bitch. Why couldn't a fucking COVID? You know, you know what, you know what's funny is that COVID like didn't seem to kill the dumb fuckers. COVID didn't fucking kill her. That's a fucking shame. Would have been nice. Now, the next thing we're gonna- I'm gonna talk a little bit about Trump and why I'm not supporting him anymore. I'll get into that. <clears throat> but before I get into that. Uh, I want to play you uh, it has to do with this topic. Uh, The Gregory's report on Trump and the vaccines.
0: According to Pfizer's very limited human trials, 87% of pregnant mothers lost their babies after receiving the shot. And for those who survived the deadly shot and are able to reproduce their offspring's dna is now forever mutated there is now irrefutable proof that the mrna vaccines are a deadly toxin aside from the relentless debilitating spike protein that's keeping everyone who has been jabbed sick the vaccines contain metals metals that have been observed to self-assemble outside of the body and most disturbingly metals that assemble inside of the body. Studies show that these metals are found in the blood of 94% of those who have received a COVID vaccine. And these mysterious conglomerates of metal make their final appearance in the dead. All over the world, coroners are now finding that the arteries of the vaccinated have been clogged with mysterious growths, non-organic masses made up of conductive metals such as aluminum sodium and tin this is what's most likely causing all the organ failure and heart attacks heart attacks in our children
6: Two days ago, I, f- I flew out my first 10-year-old with a heart attack, and I had to fight the doctor in the ER because he's like, 10-year-olds don't have heart attacks. And I argued back and forth for 30 minutes to force his hand to get an EKG to find out that he was had almost a complete STEMI, which is ST-elevated myocardial infarction, for which you could see it lit up on the 12-lead EKG. And he's like, well, that's not possible. And I'm like, well, he was just vaccinated yesterday. It is very much possible. At any given time, people are getting a hold of me and the nurse advocates of American Frontline Nurses to help advocate, because as you've seen, there's victim shaming that it does. Oh, it's anxiety. Oh, it's this. But in actuality, if they put down that it was a vaccine injury, the physician, the corporation, the hospital, the clinic, they actually won't get reimbursed. So it gets labeled as anxiety.
0: According to the whistleblowers, the doctors are lying about the vaccine deaths to make a few thousand bucks. Is that why Trump has been pushing the deadly shots, killing our own children for a measly million dollars? Now that the truth about the deadly COVID vaccines is finally starting to break free, the mainstream media is shifting their narrative and blaming it all on President Trump. And they've already laid the groundwork back in 2016 When the herd was told to believe that trump
2: is literally hitler we should look at adolf hitler in 1929 he was a kind of a funny kind of character that said the things that people were thinking where donald trump takes it i have absolutely no idea but donald trump is a dangerous man with the things that he has been saying you
0: might argue that trump is innocent but he doesn't he brags of all the lives he has saved and
4: the herd will
0: believe what they are told to believe.
4: It shows you how unpainful that vaccine shot is. So, everybody go get your shot. It works incredibly well 95%, maybe even more than that. It works incredibly well. It's a great vaccine, it's a safe vaccine, and it's uh, something that works. I recommend you take it, but I also believe in your freedoms 100%. When you have the vaccine, people that do, and it's a very small number relatively, but people that do get it get better much quicker. That's a very important thing to know. Uh, they don't get nearly as sick, and they get it. They get better. Lindsey Graham's an example. He said, if I didn't have this vaccine, yes. I would have died. And you know what? I believe totally in your freedoms. I do You got to do what you have to do. But I recommend taking the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got now. That's OK. That's all right. You got your freedoms. But I happen to take the vaccine. And the vaccines do work, and they are effective. I am, uh, I think I saved many, I don't think, I know, I saved millions and millions of lives throughout the world. We could have had another Spanish flu. We could have had, you know, in 1917, close to 100 million people died, they say, but it was really bad. And now other countries are using our vaccines and, uh, you know, tremendous, tremendously successful. You're playing right into their hands when you sort of like, oh, the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates, but take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. Take credit. Don't let them take that away from you. Okay.
0: so the president made news. Do you agree with that? Both the president and I are vaxxed, and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it, too. Okay, so... uh, Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
1: So... See whether or not it's from Democrats, you know, pro-maskers, Trump, farmers, whatever the fuck it is. This is why I don't see the majority of people waking up, and or learning anything from the COVID tyranny, because they're so brainwashed or corrupted. Uh, so deep into the zombie machine that is the COVID cult, that these ignorant sheep will use physical and verbal violence to protect their cult. Now, if you were to speak of, about vaccine cult members, you have to put Trump in there. Yeah, sure. He says, "Yeah, you know, you got your freedoms. Do you?" Do you, Trump, do we have our freedoms? I mean, you want to talk about fucking lockdowns. Trump lock. Trump was, he was there. He locked the fucking country down. You want to talk about fucking freedoms. I didn't see Trump doing anything about fucking masking. You want to talk about fucking freedoms? Um, I haven't seen, I mean, It's like the military still has all their fucking, how many people got fired from the military? Tens of thousands have gotten fired from the military for, for not taking the vaccine. How many of the people, firefighters, nurses, doctors, police, other people like even if you work at fucking Amazon, whatever the fuck, how many fucking employees got fucking terminated for not taking the vaccine? How many places still don't allow you to enter an establishment if you haven't taken the vaccine? Uh, Najovovic, Nijov- I think that's how you say it, um, the tennis player. He can't even enter the United States because he's unvaccinated. So he can't even play in the U.S. Open. But please, Trump, continue to tell us about how we still have our freedoms. So when you talk about vaccine cult members, you have to include Donald Trump because unfortunately (laughs) I've decided that if Trump continues to deny that vaccines are injuring and killing tens of thousands of people if he continues to say that it's saving millions and keeps talking about how great his operation warp speed was I'm not going to support him If DeSantis runs for president, I'll support DeSantis over Trump. If DeSantis is the vice president and Trump's the president, if they run together as a ticket, then okay, uh, I'll cast my vote in for Trump, but only because DeSantis is part of the ticket. I mean, because DeSantis has come out against the vaccines and the liberal world. But if Trump runs on his own in 2024 without DeSantis, then I will not vote Republican. I'm not gonna vote Democrat, but I'll I'll vote Libertarian or whoever the third party is. I cannot continue to support Trump when he continues continues to say that his vaccines are saving millions of lives when they are doing the opposite. Because at the end of the day, they're going to come after him. When more of these reports in the next couple of years come out, in the next year or two when they come out, and you're already kind of seeing it a little bit of some backpedaling with these vaccines because they're seeing how many people are dying. They're seeing the injuries. They're going to blame all that shit on Trump. They're going to say, Trump, Trump needs to go to fucking prison because he did Operation War Speed. He put these vaccines out, and he knew they were unsafe. And look, he still says he still loves them. Watch. They're they're going to fucking, they're going to bring him down. They're going to bring him down. That's why you get the FDA, the CDC, Fauci—they're all quietly backing away. These uh, final two—we're headed to the end of the episode. Um, before my summary, uh, I'm going to play two critical. They're about four minutes each, four minutes long each, so you get about eight minutes total. But it's it's critical information. They're both from the Epoch Times. It's, it's a, from a Frontline Health. Uh, the first four minutes is about, he talks about the toxic metals that they're finding in the blood of the vaccinated. And then the second clip talks about um, how vaccines affect their fertility.
7: Frontline Health, I'm Dan Skorback. This is the Groups Report. And before we dive into it, there are a few things to consider. One is that the authors of this report are working anonymously. So what this means is that this report has not been peer reviewed. And the reason they will not disclose their names is found on page four here, where they say that the fact that critics of the vaccine programs have been publicly defamed, ostracized, and economically ruined. This is why, contrary to the customary practice in science, we have decided to protect ourselves by remaining anonymous. Okay, so keep this in mind. We'll get back to this point later. For now, let's look at their findings. Their analysis were carried out in different institutions and in several different countries. They examined the vaccines under the microscope and they compared the blood samples of 48 vaccinated patients against the unvaccinated using various photomicroscopic methods. So what they found was that the blood from vaccinated patients who got the Pfizer or Moderna shots stands out because of one. They have these weird structures, rectangular, square crystal shapes, spirals, etc. Now, this team says that in their 12 years of analyzing blood samples from over 10,000 patients worldwide, they've never come across this phenomena in the blood. And these are huge structures in Pfizer in particular. Some of these are as big as 25 micrometers that seems to be way too large of a substance to be present in an injection. The group says that normally under the rules of good manufacturing practice, you cannot have structures larger than 0.2 micrometers. The second observation is the state of the red cells. They have observed deformities in the cell membranes. It's a condition the team says they only encountered in chronically ill patients and people with severe degenerative diseases. Third, they frequently observe lamella structures in the blood which are basically blood clots and they are seeing a reduction in the blood's ability to flow well which the team normally sees in patients who are at a risk of stroke fourth is that usually the blood from healthy people lives actively on a microscope slide for a couple of days but in the blood of the vaccinated the blood decomposed rapidly sometimes living for only a few hours and fifth this pattern of injury within the blood is so particular and pervasive in the vaccinated group of patients, that without knowing the patient's vaccination status, just by looking at the blood samples alone, the team is always able to determine whether the patient was vaccinated. The team concludes that the blood of vaccinated people is very concerning, particularly because no one knows to where the body is transferring these structures. It is known from environmental medicine that heavy metals, for example, can enter the connective tissue and the brain, in case of vaccines and the technology that they use, we are forced to conclude that these substances can spread throughout the whole organism. Now, of course, since the authors are choosing to remain anonymous due to the political climate around vaccines, they are unable to subject the report to the standard peer-reviewed process. So our Epoch Times reporter Enrico Trugoso asks a toxicologist for her take on the report. Dr. Jancy Lindsay has over 30 years of scientific experience and specializes in analyzing toxicity of drugs in the human body. She said that the findings, built on the work of other researchers in the international community who have described similar findings, the number and consistency of the allegations of contamination alone, couples with the eerie silence from global safety and regulatory bodies is troublesome. And perplexing in terms of transparency and continued allegations by these bodies that the genetic vaccines are safe. If you want to review the report yourself, we have put a link to it in the description below. And please share this video with a friend. By doing that, you will help this group of 60 brave doctors and researchers get their findings closer to the table of regulators. This is Frontline Health and I'm Dan Skorbak. Stay healthy, America. This is a page put together by the CDC on COVID-19 vaccines and their effect on pregnancies. Below, you will find that every one of these bullet points cites a total of 22 studies, including studies from the manufacturers, which the CDC is using to tell you that COVID-19 vaccination during pregnancy is safe, effective, and beneficial to both mother and baby. But is that the truth? And have the CDC and FDA been ignoring extremely dangerous warning signals from this data? Welcome to Frontline Health. I'm Dan Skorban. Let's look at the last bullet point. The CDC says that studies in animals receiving a Moderna, Pfizer or Janssen COVID-19 vaccine before or during pregnancy found no safety concerns in pregnant animals or their babies. See how there's no footnote number here? That's because there are no published studies available to reference, meaning these animal studies were performed privately by the vaccine manufacturers. The results were then submitted confidentially to the FDA to get the vaccine on the market. But after the jabs got approved, the animal trial results were still not available to the public. But recently that changed. The Judicial Watch obtained Moderna's animal trial results through the Freedom of Information Act. And the Epoch Times was able to review a portion of that document. It's actually a 700-page package of all kinds of studies and it is now being looked over by a pharmaceutical research and development veteran, Alexandra Latipova. Her specialty is in conducting and reviewing clinical trials. And here's the section she showed us. Moderna's animal trial test results performed on pregnant female rats. The trial went like this. The female rats got a human dose of Moderna's Spikevax mRNA vaccine. It contained 100 micrograms of mRNA, which is the same amount given in the human adult vaccine. The rats got injected at 28 days before mating then at 14 and during gestation days 1 and 13. They observed the offspring having a statistically significant increase in wavy ribs. Six had wavy ribs and five of the six also had rib nodules. So what are wavy ribs? This is a skeletal variation that develops in fetal rats when something goes wrong inside the mother's body, researchers use it as an indicator of how toxic the product in development is to mother and her children. Some medical scientists do not consider wavy ribs as a skeletal malformation because it usually reverses after the rat is born, but it is certainly an abnormality and a red flag. The presence of wavy ribs can influence the product's lowest observed adverse effect levels, meaning. It can affect how it is classified and labelled by federal agencies, like the FDA. Moderna, for example, interpreted that these common skeletal variations were not considered adverse, and the FDA then went and published this fact sheet for Moderna, where it says that the female rats were studied and no vaccine-related adverse effects on female fertility, fetal development, or postnatal development were reported. So, despite the skeletal abnormalities, the FDA agrees with Moderna that it's not a big deal. Well, our reporter got a second opinion from an expert in maternal fetal medicine. Dr. James Thorpe is an obstetrician and gynecologist with 42 years of experience. He told the Epoch Times that skeletal abnormalities in the bony rib cages are absolutely important. In clinical obstetric and maternal fetal medicine, we see similar findings in skeletal abnormalities prior to birth that are extremely serious and often lethal. When the doctor says clinical obstetrics, he means that similar skeletal abnormalities in human babies during childbirth can be dangerous. This was an extremely dangerous warning signal in reproductive toxicology studies and was never brought to light of day to protect our global citizens. By the way, Pfizer COVID-19 jabs are in a similar situation. The company's employees published a peer-reviewed study that also showed a nearly threefold increase in abnormal ribs in the vaccinated rat offspring. But somehow they concluded that this is a lack of effects. So we have strong evidence that the information provided here by the CDC and here by the FDA are not completely true and are misleading to the public. What you can do is share this video so we can help more mothers understand and make informed decisions. This is Frontline Health, and I'm Dan Skorback. Stay healthy and work.
1: So there's a reason why I keep harping on this covid stuff like a broken record the reason is that the majority of people still have not heard this information or or they they just continue to ignore the information out of fear or corruption Why are you seeing the as the CDC, FDA, doctors like the Chinese spy, Lenowin, or however you say your fucking stupid name, Dr. Fauci and many Democrat politicians now backpedaling on the masks, lockdowns, and vaccines? It's because more and more reporting and studies are coming out that prove the lockdowns ruin more lives than COVID did that masks do not work and never worked, and that vaccines not only do not work against COVID, but have injured millions and killed tens of thousands of people. When you hear someone like Dr. Wen, the Chinese bitch whore, say masking up still protects you from COVID, even if you're the only one who's wearing one around other non-maskers, Call them out on their fucking bullshit. Because for two years, it was mask up, do your part, don't kill grandma, double mask, triple mask. The famous, my mask only works if you're wearing your mask. Police arresting non-maskers. Call them out on their fucking bullshit. Don't let them fucking forget. Fuck these people. I won't forget. I'll never fucking forget. Never. Never fucking forget. Never, ever, ever. I'll fucking... I'll harp on this fucking shit to the fucking day I get fucking... I would say get put in a fucking grave, but I plan on being cremated. So until the day I get fucking cremated to the day, my heart fucking stops beating. I'll keep harping on this fucking bullshit. I'll keep wearing my fucking COVID 1984. Obey, submit, comply t-shirt. Even if it's fucking 2050, I don't give a fuck. Never let these ignorant, tyrannical, loving sheep forget what they did to anti-maskers and the unvaccinated.